Hello, I'm Jeff. My wife and I host Message of Hope. Message of Hope wants to be your weekly inspirational, motivational, and non-judgmental friend to help you through your week as we share Bible truths and life experiences to let you know you're not alone. Let's join Sandra to see what Message of Hope she has today. Hello, I'm Sandra, your host, and today I want to talk about your grudge pack. Do you hold any grudge against yourself or someone else? Merriam-Webster defines grudge to give, do, or allow something in a reluctant or unwilling way, to dislike or feel angry towards someone for something. I tend to internalize and beat myself up for things I've done that are wrong or mistakes I've made or in areas where I failed at something that I was trying really hard to do well. Sometimes. I carry guilt, shame, and disappointment around with me like a schoolgirl with a loaded down backpack. Add on top of that hurts and disappointments others have inflicted on me at my job or other daily life stresses, and the weight can become so heavy weighing down my shoulders, neck, and back that I can no longer move with this grudge pack on my back and I become stagnant and tend to quit trying at all. Or I'm tempted to lash out at others to get revenge for what they have done to me. Somehow, we think it will make us feel better if we give them a piece of our mind, or smack them. (laughs) But let's look at what God wants us to do. Matthew 26, 52 says, Put away your sword. Jesus told him, those who use the sword will die by the sword. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need the reminder that if I live by the sword, I will die by it too. And that doesn't sound so great to me. We can be guilty of wanting things to happen to others that we wouldn't want to happen to us. We have to remember this verse and not let our emotions overtake us to the point of stupidity and doing something we are promised will boomerang right back to us sooner or later. Romans 12, 19 also tells us, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay says the Lord. So again, we must not seek revenge for ourselves, but trust that the Lord will do as he promises and take care of it. We need to just relax and trust him to handle it in his time. And one of the biggest things I have to keep reminding myself of is this verse from Romans 3.23, For all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. So why do we get so angry and unforgiving towards others when we too are imperfect people? We want others to forgive and forget our wrongs, but we tend to amplify the shortcomings of others, don't we? So why do you think we all beat ourselves up for being human and making mistakes? Many times I have found for myself 
It is my ego. I put pressure on myself to do a task perfectly because it makes me feel better about myself, and many times it may be in hopes that others will see the value of the work I have done and give me props or look up to me because of it. And I have to ask myself, why do I try to get mere men to look up to me? Why do we try to promote ourselves? Let's read in 1 Peter 5, 1-11. I have a special concern for you church leaders. I know what it's like to be a leader in on Christ's sufferings as well as the coming glory. Here's my concern, that you care for God's flock with all the diligence of a shepherd, not because you have to, but because you want to please God. Not calculating what you can get out of it, but acting spontaneously. Not bossily telling others what to do, but tenderly showing them the way. When God, who is the best shepherd of all, comes out in the open with his rule, he'll see that you've done it right and commend you lavishly. And you who are younger must follow your leaders. But all of you, leaders and followers alike, are to be down to earth with each other. For God has had it with the proud, but he takes delight in just plain people. So be content with who you are and don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. He gets the last word. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. That's another great reminder that we need to put our trust in the one who can provide, is always faithful, and keeps his promises. When I think of all the times I have rushed around trying to prove I was superwoman, a go-getter, a multitasker for the sake of others or my own sense of pride, I think about the story of Mary and Martha found in Luke 10, 38-42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care? that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, 
Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I hate to admit it, but I probably would have been Martha, trying to get things done, trying to impress, to accomplish, and would have missed the most rare and wonderful gift of spending time with our Savior and caring for Him. I have found myself doing this with religious organizations in my life, busy doing stuff and guilty of not developing a personal relationship with God. 1 John 1, 6-10 tells me, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I was looking at Philippians 2, 14-16, which says, do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. And the best news I've ever heard is in Psalms 103, 11-12. God's unfailing love towards those who fear Him is as great as the heights of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Because of this, I understood my grudge pack needed to be discarded. As I read these scriptures today, I knew what I needed to do. I could feel the pressure relieved from my shoulders and back as I lay down my grudges at the feet of Jesus. This is what he instructs us to do. In Acts 3.19, Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Praise Jehovah, we all want to learn to live freely and lightly, don't we? 
Let's look at 2 Peter 3, 1 through 18. My dear friends, this is now the second time I've written to you. Both letters reminders to hold your minds in state of undistracted attention. Keep in mind what the holy prophets said and the command of our Master and Savior that was passed on by your apostles. First off, you need to know that in the last days, mockers are going to have a heyday, reducing everything to the level of their puny feelings. They'll mock. So what's happened to the promise of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried, and everything's going on just as it has from the first day of creation. Nothing's changed. They conveniently forget that Long ago, all the galaxies and this very planet were brought into existence out of a watery chaos by God's Word. Then God's Word brought the chaos back in a flood that destroyed the world. The current galaxies and Earth are fuel for the final fire. God is poised, ready to speak His Word again, ready to give the signal for the judgment and destruction of the desecrating skeptics. Don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. But when the day of God's judgment does come, it will be unannounced like a thief. The sky will collapse with a thunderous bang, everything disintegrating in a huge conflagration, earth and all its works exposed to the scrutiny of judgment. Since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, Do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day, but we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth, all landscaped, with righteousness. So, my dear friends, since this is what you have to look forward to, do your very best to be found living at your best in purity and peace. Interpret our Master's patient restraint for what it is, salvation. Our good brother Paul, who was given much wisdom in these matters, refers to this in all his letters and has written you essentially the same thing. Some things, Paul writes, are difficult to understand. Irresponsible people who don't know what they are talking about twist them every which way. They do it to the rest of the scriptures too, destroying themselves as they do it. But you, friends, are well warned. Be on guard, lest you lose your footing and get swept off your feet by these lawless and loose-talking teachers. Grow in grace and understanding of our Master and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Glory to the Master, now and forever. Yes. To sum it up today, if you're carrying around a grudge pack towards yourself or others, I encourage you to lay it at Jesus' feet. He loves us more than we could ever imagine, and as we grow in that grace, we will gain the understanding of what is most important and worthy of our attention, our time, and our talents. Matthew 10, 28-31 says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So let's strive to be the kind of person that's described in Colossians 3, 12 through 17. God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you. So your new life should be like this. Show mercy to others. Be kind, humble, gentle, and patient. Don't be angry with each other, but forgive each other. If you feel someone has wronged you, forgive them. Forgive others because the Lord forgave you. Together with these things, the most important part of your new life is to love each other. Love is what holds everything together in perfect unity. Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. It is for peace that you were chosen to be together in one body and always be thankful. Let the teaching of Christ live inside you richly. Use all wisdom to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Everything you say and everything you do should be done for Jesus your Lord. And in all you do, give thanks to God the Father through Jesus. Amen. As I wrap up today, I encourage you to study God's Word for yourself and make any adjustments according to what God alone lays on your specific heart. And as always, we thank you for listening to our podcast or reading our blog, and for helping us to spread the good news of Jesus Christ by liking and sharing it with your friends as well. And if our podcast has helped you in any way, or you need prayer, we would love to know about it. You can contact us at msgofhope1 at gmail.com or directly on our website through messaging. Now, as I log off, I want to bless you with a prayer that was given to the sons of Aaron. Ready? Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until next time, Shalom.